All right, I will say good morning, good morning. Let us begin a good Chodesh. So beautiful, Baruch Hashem, to be able to continue to learn together. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for the share. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Haba Alina Latova, Josh and Becca Friedman, Le'ilui Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisra Yehuda, Ben Harav Chaim Rafael. To thank Sammy and Malka Esterson for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron Akoim, Sarah Rachel Bas Avram, and Hinda Bas Henoch Ephraim as well, as in honor of their father, Mort, Mr. Morton Esterson, for continued good health and nachas from his mishpacha. The new Tamato response to Rakhashan Fakisli, the Pepper family, incarnation of the Yarzite of Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Zichron Levracha Ben Yaakov. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors. Today, Mrs. Rosalie Sklar and family, in commemoration of the 19th yard site of her beloved husband, Dr. Manfred Sklar. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, all of the Aliyah, and the family's Einachama. With that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today, Baruch Hashem, a really beautiful daf ahead of us. Today's daf is Lamed Aleph, 31. And we are picking up in Yeretz Hashem at the Mishnah, on the top of Lamed Aleph, on the top of 31. And the Mishnah says as follows. Very interesting case. Let's say one takes another, that they will not get any benefits from people who observe Shabbos. Sabbath observant individuals. Okay. Aser be Yisrael. Aser be Yisrael. They are prohibited to get benefit from Jews. And also from Kusim. Also remember again, I think I mentioned this all the time. There's not a sector that goes by, at least if there's not a sector that goes by, that the Kusim are not mentioned. Remember again, the Kusim were a foreign nation of people from the country of Kusa who were resettled in Eretz Yisrael by Shalmaneser, the king of Ashur. So the same king who was responsible for the exile of the ten tribes ultimately goes ahead and resettles. His strategy was to uproot people from their indigenous lands thereby avoid the possibility of rebellion. So the Kusim were resettled in the north of Eretz Yisrael, and there was an outbreak of lions because of their idolatrous practices. They end up going ahead and converting. There's a whole, but they were found to still be worshiping idolatry. So there's a whole discussion as to whether or not their conversion was legitimate. So the Gemara says, if a person says, I'm not going to get benefit from Shomer Shabbos people, from Sabbath observers, he can't get benefit from Jews or from Kusim. So what about, again, he makes a nether, I'm not going to get any benefit from people who eat garlic. And we'll say, what, what's that? What's that? So it's actually very interesting. If you look at Rashi, Rashi on the right-hand side, on the right-hand side, Ultimately, we're talking about people who eat garlic on Erev Shabbos, or Friday night. Now, why was the Pshat? It's very interesting. If you look at Rashi, he says, Asr Yisrael, Rashi says, The Yisraelin regilin le'achal shum, so apparently, apparently that, remember again, we know back from our Ksubis days that the owner of the Talmud Chacham, right, the conjugal obligation that the Talmud Chacham has is once a week, and specifically again, it's to be fulfilled on Friday night, on Shabbos night. So it seems to be that garlic was considered to be like a like a, 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 a male like a male stimulant like a male stimulant and therefore again there was a concept to eat garlic on Erev Shabbos 
so that, so that a man should have koach to fulfill his obligation of ona. So let's say a person goes in and says, I take an adjur not to get benefit from anyone who eats garlic. Once again, he's not allowed to get benefit from Jews. He's also not allowed to get benefit from kusim. Let's say I take a nether not to get benefit from anyone who goes ahead and is all the regal, goes to Yerushalayim. Then what's the Such a person is prohibited to get benefit from a Jew, but not prohibited to get benefit ultimately again from a kusim, from kusim. Okay, so let's analyze it. Say. Says the Gemara, my shofs to Shabbos. Now, what does it mean? Let's go back to the first nether in the Mishnah. I take an nether, I'm not going to get benefit from anyone who's Shomer Shabbos. What does that mean? Actually, the truth is, I should really, I should. Shofs Shabbos means those who rest on Shabbos. I won't get benefit from anyone who rests on Shabbos. So what's the Pshat? So the Gemara says, Ilema, Mimekhaime Shabbos. It refers to anyone who observes, as I used the wrong word, anyone who observes Shabbos, then might you have a kusim. I feel the nami. Well, say, let's you have a non-Jew who observes Shabbos. Right? So again, so if I make a nether to not get benefit from anyone who observes Shabbos, then that nether should devolve upon who? Anyone who observes Shabbos. Whether the person is Jewish, whether the person is a kusi, whether the person is not Jewish, halachalamaisa should be prohibited. Ella, so the Gemara says, Ella, mimitsuvim ala Shabbos. No, no, no. What it's referring to, the nether really means is, I hereby prohibit myself from getting benefit from anyone who is obligated to observe Shabbos. Okay. Ihahi. So, okay. And, and, and I will say, in that case, then the Mishnah makes sense. Why does the Mishnah make sense? Because I can't get benefit from Jews. I also can't get benefit from who? From Kusim. Because Kusim are also obligated to keep Shabbos. Whether they do or not, there's a different discussion. But the mindset are obligated to keep Shabbos. Therefore, the Nedra devolves upon those two groups, but will not devolve upon non Jews, non Jews, who are not obligated to keep Shabbos. Here's the problem. Ihachi, Eimasif, look at the end of the Mishnah. Me'ole Yerushalayim. I was remembering the the last case. I take a Nedra, not to get benefit from anyone who is who's Ole Yerushalayim. So I'll say Ole Yerushalayim means those who are obligated to ascend to Yerushalayim. Now, what's Talachov? Asr bi Yisrael, Umutr Bekusim. So again, I'm not permitted to get benefit from Jews, but I am permitted to get benefit from Kusim. But how does that make sense? Am I Bahamut Sugim Minu? I don't think Kusim are obligated in Aliyah Leregel as well. Right? The Kusi converted, which means that he's obligated in Tariyad Mitzvos, which means ultimately that he's obligated in the Mitzvah of Aliyah Leregel, of going up to Yushalayim three times a year during Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkis. If that's the case, that the way we're interpreting the Mishnah, let's say, so again, when I said, I, I take a nether not to get benefit from Shov Seh Shabbos, and Shov Seh Shabbos refers to those who are commanded to observe Shabbos, therefore the Mishnah Paskins, I can't get benefit from Jews or from Kusim, using that same, same metric, using that same parameter, the last case, I take a nether not to get benefit from Ole Yerushalayim. The Mishnah says you can't get benefit from Jews, but you can't get benefit from Kusim. But why? But why? I should interpret this nether the same way that I can't get benefit from anyone who's obligated to go up to Yushalayim. Who's obligated to go up to Yushalayim? Jews and Kusim alike. To which the Gemara says, Amrabaye, Mitzvah Vaosekatani. But so listen to this. Abaye says, actually, what these nedarim mean, they refer to people who are both commanded and observe. Commanded and observe. So listen to this. In the first two cases, 
Yisrael Akusim Mitzuvim Vaosim Ovdei Kochavim Hahu Daavdi Osin Veinon Mitzuvim. So I say, so for example, in the first case of Shabbos and the second case of garlic, so to speak, these are cases ultimately again where Jews and Kusim are both obligated as well as what? As well as they, they, they observe. They observe. Now, obviously, again, the garlic case is not exactly like the Shabbos case, but you understand what the Mishnah is saying. So, right, they're both cases where they're so commanded and they observe. And those are both cases where even if a non Jew observes Shabbos or eats garlic on Arab Shabbos, maybe he does it, he's Osa, but he's not what? He's not Mutsuva. He's not commanded. However, in the case of Oli Yerushalayim, Ultimately, again, the, the reality was, you're right, both Jews and Kusim are commanded. But only Jews observed that halacha. Kusim apparently did not observe Aliyah Lareda. So, so therefore, Abaye says like this, that whenever you make one of these nidarim, they cover groups who are mitzvah va'oseh. They're commanded and they perform this mitzvah. So now we can go through the Mishnah. So I make a nether not to get benefit from anyone who keeps Shabbos. So I'll say, who does that cover? Who does that cover? Jews and Kusim. Right? Why? Because both of those groups are commanded and observed. Who does it exclude? Non-Jews. Why? Because even if they observe, they're what? Not commanded. I, I take a nether not to get benefit from anyone who eats garlic. Who does it cover? Jews and Kusim. Why? They're quote-unquote commanded. I don't know, it's not literally commanded, but you understand. They're commanded and observed. Ultimately, again, what, who does it exclude? Non-Jews. Why? Because even if they observe, they're not commanded. Last case, I take a nether, not to get benefit from anyone who is Ola Rego. So we'll say, who does, it, who does it include? Jews. Why? Because they're commanded and they perform it. Who does it exclude? Kusim. Right? Because why? They're commanded, but they don't do it. Non-Jews, ultimately, again, because they're not commanded and they don't do it. Okay, fascinating Mishnah. Mishnah, Konem Noach. So both say, these are great cases. So I take a nether that I'm not going to get any benefit from Bnei Noach, children of Noach. So what's that? I am permitted to get benefit from Jews, not permitted to get benefit from non-Jews. So apparently that nether prohibits me from getting benefits from non-Jews. I ask the Gemara, but, but why? We're also B'nai Noach, right? We descend from shame, the son of Noach. So I don't understand why wouldn't Jews be included in that was is incredible. Kevan de Ikdish Avraham Iskiru al Shemei. I will say this is so beautiful. Once Adam Avinu was literally translated, once Adam Avinu became holy, right? Once Adam Avinu became Hegdish, then ultimately again, we are considered to be his descendants and no longer considered to be the descendants of Noach. So an incredible, incredible idea. And I will say, now understand also what's driving all of this. Remember, the guiding light in Nidara is how do you interpret a nether? In general, how do you interpret a nether? right? Nidara are interpreted in the way that people colloquially speak. So now what Nidara is also saying over here is that when people refer to B'nai Noach, they are referring to non-Jews, they're not referring to Jews. Fascinating. Weiter. So listen to this, we'll say, Mishnah, Sha'eni ne'ne l'zera Avram, let's say I take a nether, I'm not going to get any benefit from the offspring of Avraham Avinu. What's that, Lacha? Asr b'Yisrael, umotr ba'ov te'kochavim, I am not permitted to get benefit from Jews, 
I am permitted to get benefit from non-Jews. So the Gemara says, one second, one second, how can you get benefit from non-Jews? Avram Avinu has two sons, Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yishmael's children, why, right? Those, those also come from Avram Avinu. So why am I permitted to get benefit from them? Tuvel says, incredible. The Pazit says, Ki bi Yitzchak yikari lechazara. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Abraham, your offspring will come from Yitzchak. Meaning that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, as much as Abraham Avinu has two sons, only one of those sons is going to be eternally known as the son of Abraham Avinu, and that is Yitzchak. I, Baha Ikra Esav, okay, fine. So even if I go with that idea. So therefore again, Yitzchak is called the son of Abraham. Yishmael is not called the son of Abraham. Fine. She will say, so therefore again, when I make a nether to only get, to not get benefit from the offspring of Avram, that only covers Jews, not non-Jews, but here's the problem. Yitzchak also has two sons. I will say, rather incredible. This is Parsha. This is Parsha, what a tie-in. This is Parsha. Yitzchak has Yaakov and Esau. And from Esau, she will say, from Yishmael, there's one nation. Right? There's one nation. Right? So ultimately, that is from Esau comes all of the other nations. So, well, not all of the other nations, but many of the other nations. So, so if I take a Nadir not to get benefit from the offspring of Avram Avinu, how am I permitted to get offspring at least from the, from the non-Jewish nations that come from Esau? To which the Gemara listen to this, Be Yitzchak, below Kol Yitzchak. Actually quite fascinating. So the Torah tells us that, Torah tells Avram Avinu, that, that through Yitzchak will be your offspring, but Be Yitzchak means some of Yitzchak, not all of Yitzchak. In other words, that the line of Avram Avinu continues from Yitzchak, right from Avram to Yitzchak, through Yaakov, and not through, not through Esau. The same way that it doesn't channel through Yishmael, it doesn't channel through Esau as well. Okay, good. So then from both sides, Allah, the person says, I'm not going to get benefit from the offspring of Avram Avinu. They are also to get benefit from Jews, not also to get benefit from non-Jews. Incredible. So we'll say Mishnah. She'eni nana mi Yisrael. So we'll say this is actually an interesting case. Now. So now we're transitioning a little bit. Sorry. She'eni nana mi Yisrael. We'll say, listen to this case. I make a nether that I'm not going to get benefit from a Yisrael. That's, 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 that's my nether. I'm not going to get benefit from a Yisrael. So we'll say... Now the Mishnah is kind of, you see, up until now we've been focusing on who's covered by this type of Nidarim. Now we're transitioning a little bit and trying to figure out the actual impact of these Nidarim. So I make an answer, I'm not going to get benefit from Esau. So Moses, remember again, what does that automatically mean? What does it automatically mean? Or what does it automatically impact? My ability to do business. Like that, that's going to be the first, right, we're Jews, right? That's going to be the first, the first thing that impacts my ability to do business. So Moses, so now I make an answer. So let's play this out. I normally do business with Rubain, but I made a nether not to benefit from Jews. So is there some way for me to transact business with Rubain? The Mishnah says, yes. What can you do? So I can go ahead and overpay, right? Overpay. So if I'm buying something from Rubain, I can overpay for it. Or if I'm selling something to Rubain, I can sell it for less than its market value. Why am I going to say Because if I overpay and undersell, then what? Then what? I'm not benefiting. I'm not benefiting. So there is a way, what there is, and this is actually very interesting, there is a way to move merchandise. Even if halacha lamaisa, even if halacha lamaisa, I am, sorry, even if halacha lamaisa, 
I, I, am, I am restricted under this nether. There still is this possibility. So the Gemara goes right. Let's say I take a nether prohibiting any Jews from getting benefit from me. So what do I do in that case? So in that case, I remember it's reversed. So no one is permitted to get, no Jews permitted to get benefit from me. So I can buy from them. Right for under market value, therefore they're not getting benefiting benefiting from me. Umochabiosa, and I can sell to them in an overpriced way. So Rabbi says the same thing, just reversed. But by the way, Rabbi says it's actually very interesting. But the Mishnah says, by the way, good luck with that because no one's going to want to do business with you. Right? In other words, ain't shomelo means practically, practically, this is not going to happen in the marketplace. Because if you take a nether that no one's allowed to benefit from you, then the only way you're allowed to tra- in transact business is if you sell over market, right? Or you buy, you, excuse me, you buy from under market and you sell for over market. Saying Shomalo just means practically it's not going to play out. Shomalo say it's so interesting, by the way, that the Mishnah chooses to go ahead and to go ahead and say that. David and I were speaking, you know, yesterday after this year, that so many of the cases in the Gemara are not practical cases. And that's okay, the Gemara's job is not to come up with practical cases. Sometimes the, the, the challenge or the goal of the Gemara is to go and actually create hyperbolic cases in order to go ahead and make a point. Okay, interesting. In Shomalo, She'ini nena lahen, vehein li yana. So we'll say ultimately again, um, I'm sorry. She'ini nena lahen, vehein li. So we'll say if I make a nether, that I can't get benefit from Jews and Jews can't benefit from me. So, yeah, fine. So, we'll say in that case, again, we've pretty much precluded all benefit. You can go ahead and still get benefit from non Jews. Incredible. Fine. So, it says in the Gemara, Amr So, we'll say this is actually quite interesting. We'll say, listen to this case. I go ahead and I pick up a utensil to look at it. So, I'm shopping. I'm shopping for a utensil. Right? I go ahead. And, and I pick up, so imagine, I go, I, go to the, I go to the potter, I go to the potter, I lift up a jug to go ahead and look at it, and then what happens? It falls out of my hands. Falls out of my hands, and it breaks. What's the halacha? So, then ones occurs. What's the halacha? So, ultimately, again, I am chayiv. I'm sorry. I am chayiv for that. So, I, I am... I am completely obligated to pay the full value. Which, by the way, I just want to point out, just contemporarily, this applies. You go into a store, you go into a store to look at something, you pick up the item, you drop the item. You drop the item and you break it. Halacha says, you are fully, you, the person who picked it up, is fully responsible to pay for that item. So the Gemara says, you see something very interesting from here, which is, Alma kasavar hanaos lokeachi. Say, what do you see? That literally, again, the object or the picking up of the object is considered to be the sole benefit of the purchaser. Now, say, now what, what does that mean practically? So I'll say, if you take a look at Rashi for just a moment. So Rashi is on the right-hand side. This is the first wide line in Rashi. Alma hanaas lokeachi, da'ana Actually, it's changed over here in, the, in that little letter above. So I'm going to say, this is actually very interesting. So let me just tell you this outside for just a moment. 
The halacha is as follows. The halacha is as follows. When you pick up an object of Osai, right? When I, I'm in a store and I pick up an object, in that moment when I pick up an object, what's the relationship between me and the, and the seller? What's the relationship? The relationship is the seller, the seller essentially communicates to me, right? If you want it, it's yours. If you want it, it's yours. Shavu Osai, essentially then, I, the purchaser, have all of the power. I have all the power. I have complete rights in that entity. Because I have complete rights in that entity, essentially, when I'm holding it, I am like a shoel. I'm like a borrower. We know that in halacha, there are different custodial relationships, right? There's a shomachinam, an unpaid watchman, a shomachinam, a paid watchman, a socher, a renter, and a shoel, a borrower. Depending on the level of custodial relationship, determines or dictates your level of liability if something happens to the object. At the highest level is a shalav, is a borrower. A borrower is considered to be kalhana shalav, since he has all the benefit. So when you have all the benefit, you also have what? You also have what? All the responsibility. Therefore, a borrower is responsible for everything, which means gneva, the item stolen, aveda, the items lost, and ones some extenuating circumstance occurs to the object. So therefore, I'm holding the object, somebody bumps into me, I drop it, I drop it, because again, I have like full power over this object. In that, in that, the seller stands, stands ready to sell it to me, therefore in halacha, I become like a shor, like a borrower, and therefore I have complete liability for the object. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Tanan, well, let's analyze that for just a little bit. She'ini nanami Yisrael. Remember, the case of the Mishnah Bosir, we said, I take an edra, I'm not going to get any benefit from Jews. What's Talacha? Bocher bepachos. I'm allowed to go ahead and, I'm allowed to go ahead and sell my products for under market. And I both say again, why? Because if I sell it for less, then the mice I'm not benefiting. Aval shava b'shavalo. And here's what's interesting. I can sell it for less than market, but I will say, what can't I do? I can't sell it at market. In other words, let's say you just want to sell it to cover cost without making a profit. It sounds like you can't do that. Vihanos lo keachi. So again, I don't understand. If we say that ultimately again, when the purchaser picks up the object, he's the one who has complete hanah, then ultimately again, I feel shava b'shava. That I should be able to go ahead and sell it at cost because that's not considered to be benefit to me, the seller. To which the Gemara says, you're right, the truth is, the, the Mishnah is talking about a case. So I'll say literally, means a sale that's turned on its face. Now, what does that mean? Again, take a look at Rashi in the wide lines, not the widest lines, the intermediate lines, about three, six, about seven lines in. We're talking about an item, we're both saying merchandise that's hard to sell. Hard to sell merchandise, it's not moving. So I'll say when it comes to hard to sell merchandise, even selling at cost is considered to be a win for the seller. As such, that'll be considered hanal. Therefore, the only way to avoid me, the seller, getting hanal and therefore being in a violation of my nether is to sell it under market. Mkain, if that's the case, Aimoresha. Look at the first part of the Mishnah. Lokeach biyoser. He can purchase it for more. Va'od emaseifa sheisrael nanim. They're both saying the last case in the Mishnah where I take a nether ultimately again that a Jew is not permitted to get benefit from me. What's talacha? You're allowed to undersell, or I should say, excuse me, purchase for under market and ultimately sell for over market. 
And if we're talking about a, a, a merchandise that you can't move, hard to move, merchandise, even again, selling it for the equal amount should be, problematic, should be permitted as well. To which the Gemara says, you're right, Seifa Bezvina Kharifa. So ultimately, we'll say, here's what's interesting. The Rish and the Seifa are talking about two different types of merchandise. The Rish is talking about hard to sell merchandise. So I'll say, you know, Seifa, so, so Zvina Kharifa means what I will say. Literally, again, hot merchandise. Now, that, that doesn't mean merchandise being sold off the back of a truck, right, in an alley, right? But rather, again, I will say it means hot merchandise means Merchandise. By the way, this is not much like a, like a Black Friday tie-in over here, right? Right, right. Merchandise that's just got to go. It's got. It's got to be sold. It's got to be sold. So the Gemara says, I should say, it's easily sold. If that's the case, then ultimately, again, why could it be purchased under market? Even for a cost, should be permitted. Rather, I what you have to say is that Ramesh is talking about. I will say literally like middle of the road merchandise. What's middle of the road merchandise? It's not overly difficult to sell, but it also doesn't sell itself. Also doesn't sell itself. So let's listen to this. I'm sorry. So it's very interesting. So remember again. So here, here, here's what we have. So remember again, Shmuel, just to orient ourselves, Shmuel was the one who said that ultimately, again, when a purchaser picks up an object, he is considered to be, he is considered to be a Shoel, a borrower, and therefore responsible for anything that happens to that object. Or in other words, otherwise, otherwise stated, call Shalo. The complete benefit, the complete benefit ultimately accrues to him. So the Gemara says, Time the What's the second line now from the top? 31b. We have a price that supports Shmuel. What's it? It's so interesting. switching gears now, leaving, leaving the Mishnah now for a little bit. So listen to this. Here's what I want to do. I'm purchasing, I'm purchasing objects, purchasing utensils from the, or purchasing items. From the from the merchant, the shagran lebeis chamov. for what purpose? To send it to my father-in-law's house. I want to send gifts to my in-laws. That's what I want to do. Okay, and I say to the merchant, im If my in-laws accept the gifts, then I'll pay you for it. Right. So and if not, I'll pay you for twice as well. So here's what's going on over here. Now remember again, well, essentially what I'm saying is like this. I don't know if my in-laws are going to accept it or not. So I'm not paying you now. I'm not paying you now. If they accept it, I'll pay you. Listen, I'll pay you, right? Whatever, whatever price we negotiate. If they don't accept it, I'm going to return the objects. I'm going to pay you for tovas and abbas. So what does it mean So I'm say, when you offer to give someone a gift, even if they don't accept the gift, there's what? There's goodwill. There's goodwill that's created. Goodwill has a value. They will say, by the way, you can see this, right? Sometimes again on a company's balance sheet, right? You'll find goodwill. It's interesting, right? Goodwill. So there's a concept like this that goodwill, goodwill itself can be quantified, can be quantified. And so here, again, my in-laws, my in-laws like me, 
Nes Nigla, right? It's Kislev, right? Incredible things happen, right? Right, right? So now what happens? Like, my in laws like me, my in laws like me. So now, again, there's a value to that. So I say, let's say I say to Ruben the merchant, if my in laws accept the gift, of course I'll pay you. If they don't accept it, I'm going to repay it, but of course I'm going to pay you for the goodwill that I was able to get from your merchandise. Okay, beautiful, good, good. Now I was supposed to now what happens? Now what happens? So Nansu. So I'll say, of course, what occurs? What occurs? Something happens to the gifts on the way to my in-laws, right? The wagon turns over, right? The wagon turns over and everything breaks. Everything breaks. Ones, extenuating circumstance. So what's Talaka? So what's the Shaila? What's the Shaila? Am I liable for the full amount of the merchandise? So this is interesting. It depends. Bahalicha chayiv. So I will say, when, when, if the ones happened when the gifts were being transported to my in-laws, then what? I'm fully responsible. I'm fully responsible. Which makes sense because at that, at that time, I stood ready to what? Purchase and pay the whole thing. So if something happens on the way, I'm chayiv. Right? The chazora potter. Interestingly enough, on the way back, I'm potter. I will say now why, listen to this. So on the way back, remember again, if the merchandise is on the way back, what does that mean? What does that mean? My in-laws didn't take it. So I'll say, at that point, what's my responsibility towards the merchandise? I'm a Shomer Sahar. I have the halachic status of a paid custodian. Now I will say, what is a paid custodian responsible for? Gneva theft, Aveda object loss. What is a paid custodian exempt for? Ones. Ones. So on the way back, since I'm not purchasing it now, but again, and it's clear, but that's, that's, that's what we set up, that I'm not purchasing, but I said I'm going to pay for Tobas, in other words, we quantified what I'm going to pay for. I'm a Shomer Sefer, I'm a paid custodian for the merchandise, and then for I only am, I, I am I'm exempt for own sin. Incredible. So I said, you want to tell us a story? You want to tell us a story? Safsira, the Shakal Khamra Lizabulin. So we'll say there was a Safsira. Safsira is, is also like a, like a merchant. Uh, Rashi says over here, Mishal Okech Behema Amanas the Mol for the Altar. So we'll say, so this is like, I don't know what the technical term for it. What is it? A third party, yeah. So what, what I do is, what, what this guy will call, what, what I do is, I go ahead and I take merchandise from the wholesaler, right? Essentially, I take it on credit. Take it on credit. My goal is to go ahead and sell it. And when I sell it, I pay the wholesaler for it. And of course, there's profits from me in there. Okay? So that's the Safsira. So what happened? So there was a Safsira who took a donkey to go ahead and sell it. Fellow Isbin didn't end up selling it. He didn't end up selling it. Right? right? So, I, so, I, so I, I bought the donkey. But I, well, I didn't buy it. I took the donkey on credit. The intention was to go ahead and sell it. I don't end up selling it. I don't end up selling it. So what happened? the hadar isnis chamra. So what's that on the way back? What happens? Nebuk, the donkey had a heart attack. Right? So donkey had a heart attack, right? The donkey is no more. Okay, so what's it now? Remember, so what's the, now this is where I'm coming back. So what's the halacha? Chaybe Rav Nachman the Rav Nachman obligated the safsira to pay full price. Nebuk said, now this is interesting. Because based on what we just said before, right? On the way back, what should be the halacha? You're like a Shomer Sacher. Says the Gemara, one second. One second. How does this stem with the in-law case? Remember again, I take the merchandise to give to my in-laws. I said, if something happens on the way there where I stand ready to pay for the whole thing, I'm like a show, like a borrower, and therefore chayiv. 
But if, they, if my in-laws didn't accept the gift and I was on the way back, as much as I contracted to pay for Tobas and all the goodwill that I got, I'm only like a paid custodian. And therefore, again, not hiding for extenuating circumstances. Why isn't this Safsira case the same thing? He took the donkey to market to pay for it. Ultimately, again, sorry, to, to sell it. He wasn't able to sell it. He's now bringing it back. It dies on the way back. Ones. So why don't we say the same thing? The Safsira should be putter for Odesim because he's only like Yishom Mosachal, like a paid custodian. <laughs> to which Yishom says, this is incredible. The Gemara says, So Amr Alei, So Amr Alei, Rav Nachman responds back, Chazar de Safsira Holochi. I will say, the Chazar and Holochi, the going there and coming back, doesn't apply to a guy like a Safsira. Why not? Because if the Safsira were to find someone to sell the donkey to, even on the threshold of his own home, would he not sell it? So, say, so essentially, if Safsira operates differently, when I take that donkey on credit, what's, what's my goal? What's my goal? Sell it. Where should I sell it? Anywhere I can. Now, obviously, I'm going to the market because that's the highest probability. But again, it's also possible you meet someone on the street. Is that donkey for sale? Of course, of course, of course. So I say, so the nature of a safsira is that as long as he has it, he retains the full possibility of selling it, which means that he takes on the identity as a shoal, as a borrower the entire time. Contrast that with the case of the gift. So I said, by the gifts, by the gifts, what happens? My intention is to give it to who? Right? My in-laws. If my in-laws reject it, am I giving it to anyone else? No. So therefore, once they reject it, by definition, I transform from a shawl, from a borrower, into a paid custodian, and therefore, something happens to it on the way back, if it is an ones, I'm not going to be hired for that. Incredible. I will say new Mishnah. I will say now, we're going to get into some really incredibly beautiful sluggis. I gotta tell. I gotta tell. We've waited a long time for I gotta tell. Shabbos is that, I will say, which is going to be absolutely riveting, overwhelming, magnificent, and beautiful. It's going to be a lot of I gotta tell. Well, not I gotta tell, but drushes, beautiful gimaras. So we'll say, let's go. Mishnah. Konam she'ani nene la'arelim. So we'll say, let's say, I, take, I make a nether, I make a nether, that I'm not going to get benefit from anyone uncircumcised. From arelim. So what's that, Lacha? Mutter be'erali Yisrael. It's very interesting. I cannot get benefit, excuse me. So ultimately, again, I can get benefit from uncircumcised Jews, right? Ultimately, again, but I can't get benefit from circumcised non-Jews. Essentially, what that means is what? When you use the Lashon RL, RL colloquially refers to, refers to non-Jews. It doesn't actually refer to someone who has a circumcision versus someone who doesn't have a circumcision. So for example, when you make the neder to go ahead and not get benefit from Arelin, you can get benefit from all Jews, even if someone is not circumcised. But conversely, you can't get benefit from non-Jews, even if you have a non-Jew who is circumcised. Very interesting. She'eni nene lemulim. So I'll say, take a neder. I'm not going to get benefit from anyone who's circumcised. Aser be'erali Yisrael. So we'll say you cannot get benefit even from uncircumcised Jews. But you can get benefit from circumcised non-Jews. Why? So here the Mishnah says it. Because the terms arelim and mulim do not refer to physical realities. Rather, what do they refer to? Groups of people. 
So an Arel refers to non-Jews. Mulim refers to Jews. So therefore, again, you take a nether not to get benefit from Arelim. You can get benefit from any Jew, even if he is uncircumcised. Conversely, you can't get benefit from any non-Jew, even if he is circumcised. You take a benefit, you take a nether not to get benefit from Mulim circumcised people. So the Maisa that prohibits you from getting benefit from any Jew, whether or not he's circumcised, and permitted to get benefit from Jews, even if they're not circumcised. Okay, so the Gemara says as follows. Right? Literally, again, so I'll say, what do you see? All of the Nandrus, all the nations of the world are called Arelim. Right? This Philistine, right? This Philistine who's in Aral. I will say, David Amalek Rashi says, David Amalek had no idea whether Goliath had a bris or didn't have a bris. But again, that's the term that's used ultimately to refer to a non-Jew. V'omer, pentismichena benos plishtim, penta alozna benos ha'arelim. And Elizabeth and Azariah, Omer, so I'll say, so now, this is going to lead us into the sudya of bris milah, of bris milah. And Elizabeth and Azariah says, mo'usihiya arla, shenesganu barishay. But I'll say, the arla, the foreskin is saying that is repulsive, because we'll say, interestingly enough, the arla, the foreskin, is used to represent something degrading, right? So you see, arla is refers to something, something degrading. So we'll say, what Rabbi is saying is, the fact, see, in this context, when it says all the goyim, all the nations are arelim, that's used as a derogatory term. So it tells you that there's something, there's something derogatory itself about the Arba. About the Arba. So Rabbi Shlom Omer Gedolomila, so Rabbi Shlom switches this into the positive. He says, well, so this is great, it's Brismila, Shenich Rasuala Shloshes Rebisos. It was said there are 13 covenants that were made around Brismila. Rabbi, we'll see again what those 13 covenants were. Rabbi Yossi, Omer Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi says, Gedolomila, Shedoches HaShabbos. Brismila, Brismila is so great that it's even Doche Shabbos. So we'll say, we know this halacha, we know this halacha. The Torah says, the Ran quotes, Pasuk says, arlaso. On the eighth day you do the bris, and the Gemara Darshan, on the eighth day, even though again, mila involves malacha, because cutting the other, cutting the foreskin causes bleeding. Causing bleeding on Shabbos is a problem of shechita, is a problem of slaughtering, right? Anytime you cause bleeding. So yet you see mila is so important that it even sets aside the halachos of Shabbos. Furthermore, again, the Gemara says, right, Chamura, I'm sorry, Shadok Hashem Sakhamura. So I mean, Yeshua, Karacha Omer, Gidola Mila, Shelo Nitla Lo Lemoshe Hatzadik Alel, Melo Shah. So we'll say, this is an incredible phrase, an incredible phrase. And we're going to see this story in tomorrow's daf. Mila is so great, Shelo Nitla, that judgment wasn't suspended against Moshe Rabbeinu, Melo Shah, even for a moment. So we'll say, we're going to see that Moshe Rabbeinu made a mistake. Well, we'll see. Moshe Rabbeinu seemingly made a mistake in terms of bris and he was judged immediately, punished immediately for that mistake. Sorry. He was punished immediately for that mistake. So even the great Moshe Rabbeinu, even the great Moshe Rabbeinu was punished immediately because of a mistake by Mila. Both said, by the way, I will show you something absolutely amazing. If you notice, 
Moshe is referred to over here as Moshe HaTzadik. Moshe is never referred to as Moshe HaTzadik. Moshe Rabbeinu is referred to as Moshe Rabbeinu. We will see why is it Dafka in the context of Bris Mila, is Moshe not referred to as Moshe Rabbeinu, but rather referred to as Moshe HaTzadik. We'll see. So the Gemara Rabbi Nechemi, Omer Gidol Mila, Shedoch HaSanagayim. Bris Mila is, is great, it's even Doch HaTzaras. I will say, what does that mean? Here's something interesting. Dalok is like this. He'll say, remember, saras means you have, right, we tra- loosely translated as leprosy. Let's say you have, you have a little a, a blemish that might be saras on your skin. And you say, you know what, I don't have time to deal with this. I'm just going to cut it off. I'm going to cut it off. You're not allowed to do that. He'll say, so now what happens? Baby's eight days old, little boy's eight days old. You have to do And let's say there is saras on the foreskin, on the arlo. He'll say, what's the you do Mila anyway. Even though, again, there's a biblical prohibition to remove, to remove spots of Saras before right, you have to go through the process, Mila is so important that Mila is Dochet Saras. It sets aside the Allah of leprosy of Saras. Incredible. So the Gemara goes right there. Rabbi Omer, Great is Bris Mila because Avramavino, with all of the Mitzvahs that he performed, he was not called complete. He was not called Shalim until he performed the mitzvah of Rismila. Shinamar, his halich lefanai, veye tamim. The Apostle Hashem says to Abraham, walk before me and be complete. So you see that Amabino was not considered to be complete until after the Rismila. Davarach, another possibility. Great is the mitzvah of Rismila. Because without this mitzvah, Hashem would have never created his world. So what's incredible? So here you have, so I just want to point out that just the incredible transition of the Mishnah. So we go ultimately again from, from Nidarim about Arelim and Mulim to full, full in discussion, ultimately about the greatness of Brismila. Says the Gemara, let's just do a line, then we'll stop. Tanya, Rabbi Yoshua ben Karcha Omer, Gidola Mila, Shekol Zechuyos, Sha'asa Moshe, Rabbeinu lo Amdulo, Kishen Yisrashal min Amila. Shene Emar, Vahif, Kashe Hashem, Vahikish Yosem. So we'll say, let's talk about this for just a moment, then we'll have to stop over here for today. We know the story. The truth is, it's one of the strangest stories, one of the strangest stories in, in, in the beginning of Shmos, Moshe Rabin was on the way down to Mitzrayim with his family. And the Torah says, Moshe is on, is on the road. Uh, the, the Lashon over here is, the Lashon over here is, He was on the way by his lodging. And was ready to kill him. What's interesting is, what's missing in this Pasuk? What's missing in the Pasuk? is why is Hashem ready to kill Moshe Rabbeinu? So I will say, so that the Pasuk does not indicate that to us at all. What we do know is, the story ends with Sipora giving their son an emergency bris milah, which leads the Gemara to understand that Moshe Rabbeinu's running with HaKadosh Baruch Hu was about to say, well, so you know what, we'll stop over here for today, we'll pick up with this dramatic Maise Meret Hashem tomorrow, Shkoyach. All right, everyone, have a great day, everyone.